Canadian Wants to Know. Ein Podcast für Englischlernende in Deutschland, der kraftvolle Geschichten und anregende Fragen nutzt, damit ihr auf unterhaltsame Weise eure Sprachkenntnisse verbessern, vertiefen und festigen könnt. Hier ist euer Host, the Canadian George Robledo. Welcome to my podcast and it's really, really nice to have you here. Thank you for accepting my invitation. Yeah, thank you for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're from? That's the most important question of today. Yeah. So my name is Anne and I'm from Vietnam, Hanoi, to be exact, um, the capital city. And yeah, so, and now I'm currently living and working in Nuremberg, Germany. Cool, cool. And how do you like Bavaria? It's, um, it's nice, especially the landscape, uh, the mountains. Very nice. <laughs> cool. And so today we're going to talk. Uh, it's going to be a type of hybrid episode because usually I, I will do these country episodes where, where I interview someone to learn about their country, their culture. But this one, we're going to mix it up. We're going to talk about your country, but also talk about your profession. So we're going to try to mix that up a little bit. So to begin, tell us a little bit about what you miss about life in Vietnam? Yeah, like other expats living abroad, I think I miss my family, my friends, and especially Vietnamese food a lot. <laughs> and I think also, I don't know if you've been to Vietnam. I, I never asked you that question. But also like the view of the buildings at night. There's like skyscrapers and stuff. So, yeah. so you miss the big, tall buildings? <laughs> yeah. I guess you won't miss that because you are like more countryside person. <laughs> well, yeah. now, nowadays, I come from, from cities in Canada. But my, my feelings about skyscrapers are that in North America, you see them everywhere. Ah. That now that I live in, Euro in Europe, I don't want to see them at all. Really? No, I don't want to see them at all. And that's why <laughs> I, unfortunately, for those who live in Frankfurt, I'm going to admit something that I don't like that city because of the skyscrapers. Ah, okay. I yeah, <laughs> because when I think about Europe, I think about old buildings and old stone streets. Exactly. And these rivers that pass through the middle and <laughs> people in the canoes, right? Like yeah. in Venice, that's what I think about. <laughs> but I, I thought you miss it. But I thought you miss it, like the view, because now you don't have easy access to to, to the skyscrapers view anymore. But no, anyway. I don't need to see them. <laughs> <laughs> you won't miss it. Okay. No, not at <laughs> all. But it's then. cool. It's cool, right? We're all we all have our own taste in, yeah. in, in cities and in in landscape and things like that. So. Um, maybe, maybe we need to move you to Frankfurt. It's not, it's not that nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to everyone from Frankfurt. Sorry. You, there's should, other things that you... Maybe we should edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really, I'm not really, actually, I've never been in the city, city itself. Like I came for the airport, but I never really explored the city. Or maybe it's... And you're right. No, there are lots of nice areas, big parks along the river. Yeah. There's some really nice places where you can walk. So definitely Frankfurt has uh, some nice things to offer for sure. Yeah. Not just the skyscrapers. <laughs> <laughs> so besides, yeah, the food, right? You mentioned the food. Yeah. Like Hanoi, how big is Hanoi? It's uh, 8 million people city. 8 million. 
Do you miss that energy, the movement? Because <laughs> Nuremberg is probably not the same type of energy. No. Um, I mean, I miss the, you know, when you go out and there are people around or like you go to a music um, concert or live music um, bar or clubs. It's, it's, it's really good energy when there are people around, but not so much when you're in traffic or something. You know? Oh, yeah. How bad is traffic? Oh, traffic is always uh, bad. Yeah. Rush hour. Are there no trains joke. in that city or is it all like little tuk-tuks? No, it's like uh, scooters. So okay. Mopeds and wow. Stuff. Yeah. Also cars. Mm. I love cars mm. now. And yeah, like getting busier and busier. Every time I come back to Vietnam, it's like, it's like more skyscrapers and like more mopeds or more people on the street. <laughs> yeah. So like. the city is just getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Tell me your favorite Vietnamese dish. Oh my God. Oh, there's too many. <laughs> <laughs> I can't choose. Um, I think bún chả is my favorite. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to have to, or maybe you can send me that recipe and I'll share it in the, the show notes for people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to make another confession. I have, um, my great grandfather was from China. So what? my father grew up around a lot of Chinese food because he had a, like my great grandfather had a restaurant. So his sisters, they all cook Chinese. So I grew up with a lot of Chinese food. But as I've gotten older, I've realized I prefer Vietnamese food. Like <laughs> Vietnamese is at the top. If you ask me, what do I want to eat? I want to eat Vietnamese. Ah, it is nice. my favorite food in the world. <laughs> you guys like the spices, the sauces, like uh, everything about what you guys do is incredible. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm um, I'm getting hungry just by I know. To huh? what you're I haven't had dinner yet, so me neither. I, and unfortunately, I live in a village, so there's no access to Vietnamese restaurants oh, for me today. No. <laughs> No, <laughs> but we're gonna have to organize that either for tomorrow or Thursday when I'm in the city. Get some Vietnamese food, and I'll send you a picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. Send me a awesome. <laughs> what are some of the differences that you've noticed now that you live in Germany between Germany and Vietnam? What are the biggest differences? I mean, there are a lot of differences, <laughs> but I think one of the biggest differences when it comes to life uh, living here is that. Life in Germany is very well structured, I'd say. Like everything has its processes, like there's steps in doing things. Um, in Vietnam, I think we are very flexible about how we do things. Like, uh, for example, a, the bus or train in Germany is expected to come on time, right? Like most of the times it comes on time. And in Vietnam, we just don't have that. We don't even have the timetable for the bus. So the bus comes whenever the bus comes, you know? <laughs> so we're like flexible. And because it's so flexible, like I feel like you can customize what you want a lot of times. So for example, when I was living in Ho Chi Minh City, it's a city in the south of Vietnam. And I used to go to this gym and I just pay 50K VND. So like, two euros each time I go and I didn't need to sign any contract or anything. So it's like very flexible in terms of, you know, customize what you want, the type of service you, you, you want to get. And I feel like here is not, it's not like that. It's like, for example, gym here, they offer you, okay, you need to sign like a 
one year contract minimum type of thing. Like there's no flexibility in between. So it's just like an example, but just so. Yeah, that's yeah. an interesting one. Yeah. Right. There's there's more structure. There's more like we want contracts, right? <laughs> Make a contract with me. Right? No, but also like for example, bus or train is nice to have structure. You want to know when the bus comes, you know. So yeah. It's just there's no right or wrong way. It's different. Yeah, it's different. It's different. Just different. Yeah. It's funny <laughs> to me because sometimes I, I I lived in Costa Rica for three years in my twenties, and oh. it's that same situation where the bus comes whenever it comes. There's no yeah. timetable, and Germans oftentimes they ask me like, "How is that possible? How do people even function if you don't have like timetables?" And and I'm like, I don't know. It just it works, <laughs> like. <laughs> Every day yeah. people get up, they go to work, they live their lives. Yeah. It, it functions. <laughs> yeah. Right? It doesn't work in the same way that it does in Germany. Oh. But people still live and they manage. Yeah. Right? So it's an interesting point. Right? Mm-hmm. There, there's differences there in how Germans have structured their society, which I really appreciate. I love German order. But I also <laughs> really enjoy the, the flexibility that I've experienced when I'm in Latin America. Oh. Right? People are like are oh, more chill, more relaxed. Okay, exactly. l- l- let's meet up tonight. Yeah. What time? I don't know. Like, yeah, well, whenever. <laughs> yeah. Like we we come up with something. Where are we going? We come up with something. You know. Exactly. Yeah. It's just fun to be spontaneous, and you just go. It, exactly. It's also fun, right? Yeah. To mix it up. Yeah. I I don't I don't think mm-hmm. I'm I would manage like the extreme where everything is super flexible and spontaneous, <laughs> but I also don't like this making appointments four months in advance. I've had situations where people are like, oh, George, I'd like to come and visit you. I'm like, when? Like, and their appointment is in November. (laughs) I'm like, whoa, (laughs) I don't know where I'm going to be in two weeks. So that's difficult for me. Same. They're probably planning their holiday already. (laughs) Yeah, of course. So there's differences and it's okay. And I really appreciate, like wherever I go, there's always something that I can learn. That's a cool, cool difference. When I moved to Germany, and it's something I talked about in in the second episode, it was not an easy transition for me. How was it for you to come to Germany to maybe try to learn the language or understand the culture? Was it an easy, was it a difficult transition? Mm, I think it was quite easy for me now that I've listened to others, people were like, struggling at the beginning because I think I came as a student so I came to do my master program and there were a lot of people who just moved to the new city and were eager to make friends so it was that helped a lot you know so like I make a lot um, but yeah it was very difficult because um, we I came in like in end of October so winter just started <laughs> just started and then it's it was cold and it was dark so have to like transition myself ease myself into that kind of grayish winter time that I was not so used to before and then um yeah people here I like at first I feel like they were more reserved you know but now I I I I figure it out because they 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 need a drink <laughs> first to, <laughs> to right. warm up to warm up for you. They need a beer exactly. to warm up to you. So yeah, so yeah, so like a lot of like things to navigate, right? Like a lot of paperwork. 
I feel like a lot of <laughs> foreigners come to Germany or like have to go through all the paperwork. Yeah, the Ausländer Behörde. Oh my God, yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's the whole thing. And then uh, making new friends. Yeah, that's kind of also a challenge for me. But I, uh, yeah, fortunately, I was, uh, I came as a student. And also I, I um, when I first moved to Germany, I lived in a vega share with like eight other people. So wow, was, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah, so I was so afraid of like being alone or like I was unable to make friends at the beginning that I was like, okay, I need to live in a shared big so that, you know, people are forced to communicate or <laughs> hang out with me. <laughs> so, so I'm not feeling too lonely. So yeah. And did it work? Yeah, it works. So yeah. Perfect. So if anyone like planning to move to Germany and they have no, like they don't know anyone yet, I always tell people to like, yeah, move into a shared apartment. That's yeah, how that's, you... always, that's always a, a great idea to make friends, to meet people, or maybe they can introduce you to other people as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they can like explain to you how things work in Germany, you know, like how people do certain things here. So, yeah. Did you, what, what did you know about Germany before you came here? <laughs> I, <laughs> wait, I need to remember what, what I did know. I mean, I know that it was cold. I, I knew that it was cold. I knew before that, you know, people drink a lot of beer here. <laughs> like a lot of, um... What is like it? The stereotypes. stereotypes yeah, course. a lot of yeah, stereotypes. Yeah. Mm, the later holes uh, in. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. German it. sausages. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I know, I know only the stereotypes. So I mm-hmm. was like, I didn't, I actually also didn't do a lot of research. And then I, um, before I came and then I came and then people were like, like I really enjoy or like the vegan life, right? As a student, like you live with other people, you share life, you go out together, you kind of like live in that young, um, yeah, young energy, <laughs> young bubble. Yeah, a lot of things I didn't know. Like for example, I came to Nuremberg and I realized that this is, or like near Nuremberg, is the headquarter of Adidas and Puma. So there's a lot of big companies around and it was nice as a student that you can also get a student job, you know, and as an international student, you can get a job at Puma or Adidas. And that was really nice. I didn't know that before. So I got lucky. That's <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if I remember correctly from your interview with Lawin, you started working with Adidas and then you transitioned to a new field. So can you tell us about that? I, I worked with Puma before. Oh, Puma. Sorry. <laughs> the, they're enemies. Oh, no. <laughs> I made a big mistake. No, just kidding. I know. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. So I worked with Puma before and I was the working student. And then after I graduated, they kept me and give me a full-time job. So I was working there for one year as a full-time marketing manager or whatever. And then I transitioned to tech industry. Yeah, so now, (laughs) so I became a software engineer front end. 
software engineering. So, and did you have some background education in uh, software? No, <laughs> nothing, huh? Nothing, not at all. <laughs> so, how how did how did that come about? That like you're doing marketing, and then you go from marketing to software to coding and things like that. That's crazy. That seems like two different, two completely different fields. Yeah, it's, it's very different. So luckily when I was in marketing, we were, it was like around the time of COVID as well, right? So we need to, to like revamp our website and stuff. So I um, or like have like shop, uh, shopping, uh, shopping apps or like things like that. So I was working on projects that deal with developers. So software engineers, software developers and things like that. So I was like, was really cool to learn how they develop an app or like uh, revamp the website or like um, talking a lot about user interaction on the website. So those kind of, like that kind of project uh, give me like got me interested in working in tech. And I was thinking to myself, oh my God, how would I like even transition into tech industry? I didn't know how to code or anything. And, um, and I was like talking like that at this dinner party. Yeah, like just complaining, like, I really want to go into tech, but like, I don't know coding at all. And then this one, a friend of us, he was like, oh, I'm working at this uh, software company. We uh, train people. We like experimenting things out because they are always hiring software developers. And there's not that many, there's not many develops, developers out there. So he was like, oh, we um, we always needing developers and we training them. And if you're interested, we can, like I can connect you with my boss and then you guys can talk about it. So then he got me that first talk. And then <laughs> I yeah. And then I talked with um, managers and they were like, OK, yeah, we love to train you and yeah, offer you a full time job. And hopefully after the training, you like. Uh, you happy to work for us and stay with us and yeah that's how that that's is how. crazy yeah it's like it's it's funny because whenever i tell this story i listen to it and it seems to be like okay it's too good to it be cannot true be real, <laughs> it cannot be true right? yeah but it is like is exactly how, how it happened and i i, I like got very lucky yeah i was very lucky but i think so. it's a, it's an inspiration as well for people out there who say hey you know what i would like to transition my career yeah. to know that it is possible there are ways to retrain yeah. to go in a new direction if that's what you would like to do yeah. how long did it take you to code to learn how to do coding um so when i was puma i already like learning html and css and like front end stuff and then when I started the training, I learned uh, JavaScript or like Angular and like Angular. And yeah, so it took me like around, I think, six months. And the, the nice thing about that is that they didn't like pressure you to like about my company and about my training is that like the managers didn't pressure you to learn as fast as you could. Just, you know, they like really advise you to take your time or yeah so but the and then they like give you a project to do so it was really nice because you learn the theory but then you get to apply it so it it stuck with you for a long time so nice yeah so it's like six months and then i get to work on tickets so tickets is like when you fix a bug or like implement new features and things like that so yeah 
So after six months, I feel like I was like a junior developer already. So yeah. But I, I can imagine it's it's still quite like nerve wracking to be yeah. in this completely new field with. I imagine is it majority men or do you find that there's a lot of young women in in this industry as well now? Uh, is 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 mostly men? Yeah. So how is that <laughs> right? So you're transitioning, you're learning and developing this skill, yeah. and on top of that, you're like in the minority group. Yeah. Among your colleagues, how is that for you? Yeah, it's 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 tricky sometimes. Have to say, I mean, I'm the only female in the team as well, and um, yeah, I, but I think it's better because um, there are many initiatives out there to involve more women in tech or learning to code. So I think it's getting better. Um, but yeah, for me, so since I didn't study computer science at all, and being the only female in the team. And so I came in the job feeling like a intern, right? So every day I tried to learn as much as I could. And it's also a na the nature of the job. But um, sometimes it's tricky because you want to show that you're confident of what you're doing or share with others your ideas that are not always the same like the rest of the team. But yeah, there's this voice in like my head and maybe like, oh, they know better because they've been doing this for a while. They, or they went to school for this. So like, yeah, it's tricky to, to, to walk between the lines of between being an intern and being like a capable and resourceful professional. So that's like the line I have to walk every day. So it's, it's definitely tricky. But um, yeah, I think um, there's room for improvement, but I think there's more and more women getting into tech. And yeah, I hope that, yeah, I don't, so you won't be, be the only the one. Only woman. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All the time, yeah. What would so. be your your advice for any young woman out there who said, "Hey, you know, I, maybe technology is a sector I would like to explore." What would you tell her? Uh, I would say, you know, like maybe the opportunity hasn't like represent itself yet, but get yourself there first. So like learn as much as you could, there's uh, a lot of free materials online about how to start learning to code. And yeah, just like start learning, start coding. I think it's really fun as well to, 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 you know, like build something from scratch, you know, to, to code and, and yeah, explore it. If you find like join in coding or like you find, because I, yeah. So when, when the opportunity came, when the, opportunity comes then you're ready kind of you know like if someone like if there's some opportunity at a job like oh we have this program and we want people to learn to code then you are kind of like already there you already know what like uh, they're talking about like what what is html what is uh, css and things like that yeah so just yeah, explore, have fun. <laughs> yeah. And, and prepare yourself. Yeah, right? prepare yourself. No, that's yeah. a very good piece of advice. <laughs> I You can't really control when the opportunity appears, right? Like I think you were you were eating out somewhere and then someone said, oh, in my company, you were looking exactly. to trade, right? Yeah, but, exactly. You, but you, you did the preparation beforehand of learning yeah. HTML and JavaScript. Yeah. Or so like, you were already yeah. at that moment. The person says, hey, this is the opportunity. And you say, hey, you know what? I, I have these skills and I'm open to learning new skills. Exactly. But imagine yeah. you had like zero knowledge. 
Yeah, or well, I don't even know what exactly. they're working on, you know. Exactly. And, yeah. So preparation is a very, very big part of opportunities and getting lucky. So I think in English, there's a phrase that says, you've got to be good to be lucky. So ah, you can't control okay. the opportunity, <laughs> but prepare yourself so that when it comes, you're ready for it. Yeah. Uh, no, thank you. That's very really, really well cool. put. <laughs> That's very well put. <laughs> if we want to find you, right? Because I know that you're also a YouTuber. Can you tell us a little yeah. bit about where we can find you online? What are the types of things that you're doing online? Yeah. So you guys can find me on YouTube. Uh, just type my name and I hope my channel comes up. <laughs> and yeah, I also talk about tech and my life in Germany, Germany, like I'm doing right now in this podcast. Um, yeah, or you can also find me on Instagram. So, yeah. Perfect. So I'm going to leave those links in the show notes for anyone out there. Connect, follow, subscribe to Anne's channel. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, for your energy, for your stories, for the inspiration as well. I hope anyone out there who says, hey, you know what? I, I want to transition. It is possible. It yeah. just takes preparation. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm always impressed by people who move to a new country, learn the language, get an education and work hard to reach their dreams. Thank you, Anne, for sharing your story. Question for you. If you could change your career today, what career path would you choose? If you enjoyed this episode, share my podcast with one of your friends today. If you want to support the podcast, consider leaving a tip. That's it for this episode. Also, bis nächstes Mal.